Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Jen. And today we are bringing you episode three of our motherhood installment. We are literally blown away by the number of you who have reached out to us and have asked to be a part of the series. We can't wait to have you guys on the podcast and learn about your journey. It's literally, it's, it's crazy to me how many people <laughs> want to be on this. That's super excited. You, you know, it's, it's really exciting, everybody. I'm so glad that people are, are really interested in, in and yeah. listening to this. And, you know, today we have a really great, fun guest here. Today we're sitting down with Karina in with um, Per Diem Thrifts on social media. So Karina is a full-time reseller who recently opened up her own consignment store. She has a successful YouTube channel, creates fun social media content, and is a mommy to her beautiful daughter. So welcome to the show, Karina. Thank you so much for coming on here. We're so happy to have you here to sit down and just kind of chat all about your journey of reselling and motherhood. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I am really excited to talk about this. I love talking to other reseller moms because like kind of like what we were saying just a little while ago, um, when you're used to be doing something alone and then all of a sudden you're not alone anymore, having other people who can relate to you and just like yes. talk about things. It could be anything. It just feels really <laughs> nice. It's so true. It's so true. So I guess before we get started, let's just have you introduce yourself to our audience. People may not know who you are, um, how you got into reselling and just all of that backstory. Sure. So my name is Karina Ochoko. I am a full-time reseller, like you guys mentioned. I've been reselling on and off for about 10 years now. So I started uh-huh. in like my senior year of high school and I started on Instagram. I would just kind of post things that I had in my closet that I wasn't wearing anymore on Instagram. And I'd be like, meet me at the tree at lunchtime and you can have this for two dollars or something like that's how Facebook it was from the beginning um but from there I just kept meeting like more and more people who were doing exactly what I was doing on Instagram or wherever and then I was introduced to like eBay and Poshmark I was introduced to shipping things and from there it kind of has just grown into what I have now. Um, I went full-time reselling at the end of 2019 when I moved from San Diego to where I live now, which is the Dalles, Oregon. It's a really small town about an hour and a half east of Portland. And um, yeah, so we moved over here and then the pandemic hit and it was <laughs> kind of miserable. Um, but since everything is like slowly coming back to normal, I've been able to open my store. I've been able to grow my YouTube, my social media, all of that. And it's just been such a wonderful journey and a journey that I've been able to share with my daughter, which is like such a huge blessing. How old is your daughter, Karina? She She's five. She's five. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she's seen you go through this whole process basically for sure so she I remember I would go sourcing with her like as pregnant I was at Posh Fest a couple weekends ago Mm -hmm. and I ran into one of my friends her name is Evelyn she's also known as OC Posh 30 on Instagram um she owns a warehouse or she used to own a warehouse in Orange County and I used to go to her warehouse and source from her all the time Mm -hmm. and I was like FaceTiming my daughter at Posh Fest and I was like, oh, Ryan, like, look, Evelyn's here. Do you remember Evelyn? And she was like, 
she didn't remember her obviously because she was such, such a baby but Evelyn was like oh my gosh I knew you before you even were pregnant with her I knew you went <laughs> like you were in my warehouse when you were pregnant I had her strapped onto me digging through boxes like she's seen like everything so yeah my daughter has been on so many sourcing trips with me <laughs> She's been through it all. She loves going to the thrift store. So yeah. That's so nice. I, I just think there's something so special about a child seeing their their parent, whether it's mom, dad, doesn't matter, caregiver, going through that like hustle process and having them see like what it means to work hard mm-hmm. and build something from the ground. Like I, I mean, I watched my dad do it. He had yeah. a, he was a mechanic and I watched him do that, you know, grow, my whole life. That's what I watched him do was grow this small business and, you know, and, and having a business partner and, you know, ex- extending the garages out to other people to rent them out, to have their own businesses. So there's just something special about that entrepreneurial spirit that you can pass yeah. on to children. It, I, I think that's so, so nice. Um, so I, so now that we know a little bit about you, I think that's so cool that you were going on Instagram in high school and like, Hey, <laughs> meet me over here after school. Meet me by the tree. I love that. It's like my first plat, my first platform was like the tree outside of this like classroom. <laughs> I would have like my backpack and then like a separate bag full of clothes oh and just like be meeting up with people and like dish. Yeah, it was, it was fun, but it was just, yeah. Inter- it was, yeah. Crazy I way love, I love that. I've never <laughs> heard anybody do that. That is amazing. <laughs> that is the most unique story I think we've ever heard. Like meet me at the tree. That's going to be a tagline of some sort. Meet me at the tree. <laughs> um, so my question to you is, and then we'll go into the next question, but um in between that high school to 2019, what did life look like for you? Like, were you just part-time selling or were you like full into full-time reselling from the get-go? Um, so I was part-time reselling. I like out of high school, I worked so many retail jobs. At one point I had like three jobs, part-time jobs, and then I was still reselling on the side. So wow. instead of meeting at the tree, I was meeting at the mall or, <laughs> you know, like different things, meeting at the movie theater, wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I kept going. When I got pregnant, I actually quit my job. I was working at Zara. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't do this pregnant. Like I, right. it's really funny that it, that I think about it though, because I was like, I can't be on my feet for eight hours a day while I'm pregnant. Meanwhile, and I, do instead, I go sourcing for eight hours while I'm pregnant, which but is, it's so funny because I would think yeah. that same thing. I'd be like, Oh no, I can't like, there's no yeah. way <laughs> I can't work this. I can't work for somebody else, but I could do it for myself. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so, and then I ended up getting like a full-time job after that. It was a really easy like bank job. So I got to do that while I was pregnant and then I went on maternity leave. And, and with that bank job, um, my, my fiance actually became a stay-at-home dad. So he was like, he still is a stay-at-home dad. He -hmm. is amazing. Wouldn't be able to do any of this without him. He was in here just a little while ago, photographing things for me. So yeah, he's been amazing. Um, but that job that I had, it was so laid back, so relaxed. I could work on Poshmark, whatever I was doing oh, while yeah. I was at that job. So it was a great way to kind of build my business before mm-hmm. I did that leap and go full time. Nice. I nice. love this story already. <laughs> I love everything about it. <laughs> okay, so let's let's talk about the adjustment period, right? So you're pregnant and now you're, you're, you're sourcing and you're trying to build this business. Like what was that like for you? And then post pregnancy, now you've got a little baby. Mm-hmm. How did that change? Like, what did that all look like for you? So, um, 
before I got pregnant, uh, the main way that I was sourcing was going, so I lived in Southern California. I don't know if I mentioned that. I used to go to a lot of warehouse sales. So I would go to warehouse sales in like Orange County, Los Angeles. A lot of them, I would like camp out in front of these places and sleep there overnight so that I could be the first wow. person in line. That okay. is dedication. Yes, yes. It was I also actually- really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were a lot of like girls who are, were my age and it was just like an event. It was like, oh, we all got to sleep over like with each other and then yep. go shopping the next day. Um, that's fun. So yeah, that's fun. You're, you're right. There's a lot of a lot yeah. of warehouses and a lot yes. of places that you can unique places that you can source right Jen yes. is in San Diego so I actually oh, am yeah yeah nice. I know I didn't want to turn this into a San Diego podcast I was it's okay no, it's all right it's all right you, but I was like when you said you're from San Diego I was like oh my god we're gonna have to talk afterwards yes we will talk after I'll share all my places with you um I'll just sit here and envy it all because <laughs> we don't have warehouses like that this uh, in Rhode Island unless I go to New York City and that's a trip yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't have warehouses here in Oregon anymore, so it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. When I got pregnant, I couldn't really do that whole camping yeah. out thing anymore. Right. I did one, and I just remember having to go to the bathroom so much, and there was nowhere for me to go to the bathroom. I would have to like go to like the sketchiest places, mm, to, like, yeah. and I was like, I can't. I don't know why I'm doing this to myself. I should not right. be doing this. Um, so I had to find other ways to source and I was like oh what about thrift stores I've never like I've thrifted my whole life for myself um, and I had like in the beginning I had kind of thrifted a little bit but I never really was like into name brand or like anything like that it was always just style style. Mm -hmm. yeah I started like educating myself on brands and things like that so that I could go to the thrift stores and find stuff so that I wasn't just relying on these warehouse sales that were always announced like the day before so I would have to literally drop my all my plans for the weekend drive to wherever it was whether it was I drove to San Francisco one time from San Diego drove to San Francisco Francisco. oh my god actually I was pregnant during that one and I drove it was we had our how far is that you're talking to a New Englander eight or nine hour drive (laughs) so for that sale I like we were at my baby shower so I was already pregnant you didn't um, cancel your baby shower, did you? <laughs> I didn't, but right after the baby shower, we hopped in the car and drove all the way to San Francisco. Wow. <laughs> I just remember, it was so much fun. I, oh, I was, yeah. It was a lot of fun, but I just remember I was so emotional um, on the drive home because we only, we went to the warehouse sale and then got back in the car and drove home. Um, I was like crying. I was like, I'm never doing this again. Like, but... <laughs> I look back on it and it was actually like, I, I'm glad I did it. And it was a lot of fun. Um, but I was a lot of stress on my body. I'm sure it was <laughs> because if it was baby shower day, you were pretty far along there, Karina. I think that was like, uh, six or seven months at the time. Yeah. Oh my God. Six or seven months. And then you get in a car for like a 16 hour round trip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh dedication that's what that, that is, is that, that is, is dedication or crazy yeah. I don't know either one <laughs> <laughs> so now your daughter's born and mm-hmm. what changes for you I guess when it comes to sourcing and then the business itself did you take time off did you just continue yes. doing your thing yeah so I I did my typical like maternity leave okay mm-hmm. and I don't think I really did much reselling like in those initial months like I just wanted to soak it up 
And then I think spending so much time with my daughter and then like afterwards realizing I had to go back to work, I was like, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Like I want to stay at home. I don't want to miss out on anything. And I did have to go back to work for a brief time, Mm -hmm. but um, actually not a brief time. I think it was like two years. I still worked a real job. For the the bank, right? Yes, Mm -hmm. I worked for the bank. And Mm -hmm. it was just like, eating at me like I was like I want to be home yeah with my daughter with my fiance like we are a family like I don't want to be away from them um so that was one of the reasons again why I ended up going full-time and being a stay-at-home mom slash full-time reseller um but yeah Yeah. it was it was definitely tough at first trying to figure out like I was I am still like the sole breadwinner of the family so it's like that balance of do I sacrifice the family time to make sure that we have enough money, you know, to like survive, to support my family or do I risk it all? And like, you know, (laughs) try to figure this out and like be able, but be able to like spend the time that I want. And that's something that I've learned over the, the years, over the past five years that like I cherish family time more than being the richest person in the world. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, I think that there's this new thing, you know, that we talk about that I know a lot of people have mentioned just about like the new rich, right? Mm -hmm. And how the new rich, it's not about the money, you know, it's about the luxury of time, buying the one thing, right, that we can't, well, getting the one thing we can't really buy, actually, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it's like, having the freedom to do what we want to be with the people that we love, you know, and being able to not be chained down to something you know, whether it's material things, a job or anything else like that, you know, it's like, and I think we've all realized that like, no, I don't need to, like you said, that whole keeping up with the Joneses bullshit, you know, I'm sorry. Yes. We'll have to, that's okay. We can say bullshit. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but it's true. It's like, you know, the most important part that we're realizing is our time and who we spend it with. Right. Mm -hmm. That's definitely something that I think all of us have learned over the last three years is having to be home all the time. And at first it was like, I, I, I know I can speak for many of us. We were like, oh my God, what are we going to do home all the time? Like we can't go anywhere. Nothing's open. What are we going to do? Like I have to spend time with these people. We weren't used to that. Like, honestly, we weren't like, I have to actually sit and have conversations with the people I live with. Okay. All right. Like, you know, but as time went on, you realize like, oh, this is a world that I just didn't know existed because I'm so used to like, go, go, go work my job, do my errands, come home, make dinner, go to bed. Like that's the routine. Right. And I think so many people realize there are other opportunities out there that um, exist that you don't have to be in that, you know, traditional work setting that you can make an income for yourself in other ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and resung is definitely one of those things. And I guess my question to you is now that your daughter is five and you can integrate her more into reselling, how has that sourcing process changed for you? Do you, I know the warehouse isn't isn't something that you do anymore, but do you do bin shopping? Do you go thrift store shopping? Do you just take the, cause you have a consignment store, which we'll get into. Are you just doing the consignment? Like, what does that look like for you? So that you are able to spend, cause now she's older, you can do more things with her. Right. So Mm -hmm. how are you able to budget that time in a way that makes sense for you and your family? It's actually funny because before she's with, so she just started school this year. 
Yeah. Um, but before then, she was with me. I, I drive into Portland like a couple times a month to go sourcing because we don't mm-hmm. really have much near me. Um, but she would be with me. She'd be in her stroller. I'd be pushing around, clothes hanging mm-hmm. off the stroller, you know, that <laughs> whole thing. Um, and she was like fine with it. I think as long as she would... Um, I would like promise her we'd get like boba or like something yep. and she would be like yeah of course I'll go with you mom we're going on an adventure yep. um but now I'm and it's been hard for me but since she started school I'm trying to use all sorry this is hair that's like bothering me totally fine, yeah, fine. <laughs> um what's it called so since she's been in school I'm trying to keep all of my working hours Mm-hmm. The, as mm-hmm. when she's in school yeah that so then mm-hmm. when she comes home I can come home it's and mom time and, and, and that your time, time. And yeah. like, mm-hmm. exactly no more work I am back to my consignment store I'm the only employee I don't have employees yet I'm working on it but right now it's just <laughs> me um so like I'm here until five uh she gets out of school around three o'clock so some days she after school her and my fiance come over here and they just hang out with me in the store. She loves being like, I call her my little greeter. And she just like talks to whoever's in the store. She like tries to play with people. I advertise to like my customers that they can bring their kids here. And I don't care how crazy their kids are. Like I will help watch your kids while you can shop and be peaceful because there's not a lot of places that you can do that. And like, sometimes you get that mom guilt or like that shame that like, oh, my kids aren't behaving. I'm like, no, you do what you need to do. I will be your babysitter for the next like 30 minutes. And I just like, I love it. Yeah. So I rent a space in this building and the owner or the person that I rent from, she brings her son into work every day. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like, it's just like, a normal thing here we're normalizing mm-hmm. working mothers bringing your kids to work letting them run around and play and just that's how life is that we're yeah. not we don't want to hide that we don't want to be ashamed of that so mm-hmm. um yeah we she she comes in here she plays with the other kids or she um she has a little section where she sets up her own store and she, <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> she'll pretend that she is selling jewelry she has like a bunch of like oh. prop jewelry or like fake jewelry and she sets it up and like asks me if I want to buy from her and it's really cute but she loves it that's so cute it's so nice that you can incorporate her into that you know and like get also teaching her all these great skills too you know about like you know being an entrepreneur being a business owner and what that means like talking to your customers all that kind of stuff it's all really great life skills you know but she's having fun doing it right yeah. And what a great yeah. way to separate yourself as a consignment store too, to be, to say yes. that you're kid friendly and like even have a small area where the kids can play. Like that's unheard of in consignment stores. I feel like when you think of a consignment store, it's usually like, don't touch anything, look at it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's not that type of atmosphere. So you really set yourself apart and moms will feel comfortable to come in and look around for a little bit and not be worried about, okay, what is my child doing now? You know, I got to leave. Yeah, we have to go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's really great. There was a consignment store that I used to go to in San Diego, but they're closed now. They had to close because of the pandemic. Um, But I remember they had like a little like Lego table. So like you could have your kids play. And I just love that because I would take my daughter there. She would play. I could shop. Um, so I just wanted to like have that same kind of essence in my store as well. That's so nice. nice. Love that. 
All right, where are we at, Daniela? <laughs> uh, let's see, let's see. I don't know, because we totally strayed from what we had written down, Karina. So we're <laughs> just we going to wing it at this point. We did. Um, okay, so l- why don't we ask her about the aspects of the business? You see that? Oh, yeah. You got yeah. it? Real time, uh, guys. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this, is this is called After Work, Daniela and Jen. <laughs> Um, so are there any aspects of your business that you are, um, you know, having to let go a little bit now that you're, you're a mom, you know, like you said, like your, your, your time is very precious, right? So we learned that and you've been able to adjust things based on like what stage your daughter is in, but like other than, you know, camping out, I guess at nighttime, right. <laughs> and going and doing 12 hour car ride. There, is there anything else that you're like, I just kind of had to let that go, whether that's social media wise, or, you know what I mean? Like not necessarily just sourcing itself or like I had to come up with a faster routine on how to photograph things or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, I. At Evernorth health services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Have let my social media slip a little bit. Mm -hmm. So that was a really big part of my whole business at the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. And then over summer, I think that was especially when I let it kind of slide just because I, instead of spending hours sitting in front of my camera, filming a video, and then spending even more hours editing it, I was like, do I really want to do this? Or do I want to go take my daughter to the museum? Or do I want to go like take her to the park or something? Um, so that was like, really, I know this is, I don't know, I, I get guilt about like, I don't want to give up parts of my business. I Mm -hmm. am like known for having so many things going on. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, oh, I can't let that go. Like I have to do all of it. Um, So letting go. Preaching to the choir, just so you know. (laughs) Jen and I are the exact same way. (laughs) So yeah, and it's it's hard. It's like, I already, Mm -hmm. like doing all the things is hard, but then letting go of something seems like it's even harder. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's been something that I've been struggling with, but it feels good now that I've kind of been able to breathe a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like we were talking about before, there are more, there are different ways of looking at success. It's not just how much money you have in the bank. It's how much time you have, how happy you are, how healthy you are. Like there are so many other things. So I'm not letting anything go now. Like I want to get back on YouTube. I want to get back on social media, but I'm learning another hard thing to delegate and to kind mm-hmm. of like let my fiance, like help me around my work, mm-hmm. not just around the house. And he's been very like, let me help you. Like te- I'll take photos. I'll do whatever, all the things that like, I don't have to teach him how to, you know, use keywords or like things like yep. that. Like he could do the easy stuff. And I'm hopefully hiring like another person to help me work in my store so that I don't have to be here six, yeah. seven days a week. Yeah. <laughs> um, but definitely knowing that my family is very like flexible and they are happy being here, mm-hmm. at least as far as they've let me know, <laughs> they don't mind, you know, like <laughs> hanging out here, they just want to be together. So it doesn't matter if we are 
hanging out in here and eating lunch or playing games or if we're at home like the most important thing is that uh we're together and we're just experiencing life together whether it's business or fun I think what you just described is just like the seasons of life right and how it changes every so many months it changes and when you step into motherhood it's I you know I'm not a, a mom yet but when you step into that phase, it changes a lot. And things that you once were able to handle on your own, you realize, but is this really important to me now? Like, is this still something that's critical to my business? Or is it just something that I enjoy doing that I can step away from? And maybe in the future, when time allows, I can go back to it and, and go back to that creative you know, element that I once enjoyed doing. I feel like we all go through this, right? Where something that once was very enjoyable and we wanted to spend all our time on ends up not being that anymore. And it feels like it's just sucking the life out of you. And just the thought of having Mm -hmm. to create something is exhausting. And I think at that point, that's where you need to reassess and reevaluate and say, "Mm, I don't think this is for me anymore. And that's what Mm -hmm. YouTube and social media was for me too, Karina. And the summer I was like, I'm taking a big step away. I don't want to do it. I want to just spend time focusing on other things that are happening in my life right now. And I can let that go. And whenever I feel like going back to it, I go back to it. Like that's not going anywhere. It's yeah. not going to disappear. Like, exactly. and at the end of the day, um, Jen and I have talked about this too with other guests. Um, people with successful reselling businesses don't necessarily have successful social medias. There are yeah. some that have zero social media. So exactly. there's this, you know, this is whole community of resellers that most people don't know about because they're not online. They just have their stores online and they run these warehouses and all these different things. So I mean, there's something to be said about realizing as you grow in your life and in your business to to reflect on it and say, all right, I'm just going to let this go for now. And then maybe I'll come back to it. I mean, Jen's done it with reselling completely. I mean, she's stepped away from selling right now and Mm -hmm. she's just focusing on her little baby because Ellie's growing and there are things that she doesn't want to miss with that. Yeah. You know, I just didn't have the, I didn't have the time, you know, kind of like, kind of like with what you were saying. Um, I was fortunate though, that I was able to, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, translate my skills as an entrepreneur into a really great job, uh, working with a really great company that allows me to work from home. I have very flexible hours, which is really nice, you know? And so, but you know, I get a small window where I have free time and it's like in that free time, what do I do? You know, am I photographing a whole bunch of stuff and sourcing and looking for stuff? Or am I, you know, picking up my daughter from daycare early and spending time with her, you know? And all, and it's like, for me, it's like, kind of like what you're saying, like, you know, it's just a season of life and, and your kids will only stay so little for so long, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you want to soak all that part in because once that's gone, it's gone, you know? And social media doesn't seem to be going anywhere and reselling doesn't seem to be going anywhere. So it's like, for now, you can always say, for now, I'll let that go. That doesn't mean that you're not going to pick it back up, right? Like you could eventually. So yeah, you know, it's, but it's about being flexible, right? And like you said, but it is hard, right? Because we all have that guilt, right? I'm not good enough. I don't make enough time or I don't, you know, set a better boundary. We're always so hard on ourselves on that kind Mm, of stuff. But I think if we look at it, like this is just temporary right now. And this is where I am in my life. And that's okay. And like you said, a month from now, six months from now, a couple of years from now, things will look very different, right? 
Yeah, definitely. I have a question. What made you start this whole consignment store thing? Like, did you even picture this happening in your business? Was this in your business plan? Like, how did this even come about? So did I think I was going to have a consignment store? I mean, like maybe one day somewhere far off in the future, that would be an amazing thing. Um, But I really wanted to start doing just consignment like out of my house like I didn't care for a store I just wanted to do consignment to get inventory um so I started doing some pop-ups locally during like different markets and Mm -hmm. I would like put out like all my new tag stuff or all the things and I would just it was like during the holidays I actually started I did my first pop-up I think like the day after Thanksgiving or something like that Mm -hmm. um last year and my friend that actually owns the studio that I rent out of now she was like offering me to do all these pop-ups she was showing me all of these like markets that I could do and then um they were going great like they were good I was doing them from like November all the way to February I think and then after that last February one um she offered me she was like well would you ever like think about opening like a storefront because we don't really have many places to shop in our town. Mm-hmm. She was like, would you ever think about like doing that? I was like, oh, I like, I rent a, at the time I was renting an uh, extra apartment in our building to house all my reselling stuff. Wow. <laughs> I, was a really, I was getting a really good deal. My fiance's grandparents owned the building. So they okay, were giving okay. me like extremely discounted rent, but still okay. it was like, you know, Um, So I was like, you know, I would if I if I paid the same amount of money, if it was more Mm. than that, I can't afford it. I don't want to do it. I was like, I don't think that's possible here. And she was like, it is. She was like, I have a space for you if you want to, if you want to try it out, like we're not using it. It's just empty if you want to like try it. And then Mm -hmm. if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And like, we won't hold you on that. Like you could do month to month, whatever. Um, So I was just like, well, why not? Like, if I'm paying the same amount of money, why not see what I can do? Mm -hmm. And it also gave me an excuse to, like, leave the house. Like, (laughs) if not, I was never leaving my house because work was there and home was there. My daughter was still home. So it was like nothing, nothing was changing. Why go anywhere? Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I, I started it out and I got a lot of interesting feedback some people were like oh that's not gonna like there have been so many consignment stores and they always close after like whatever mm-hmm. and I'm like no I think I think I can do it I have enough experience reselling and just doing that and at first I was taking all the consignment stuff and just selling it on Poshmark mm-hmm. um, but then I was like wait why don't I just do this like why don't I have a nice curated thing and so far it's been getting like pretty good feedback now. Like everyone's like, we need this. There's such a great, like you you curate great stuff. And yeah, it's been very interesting to see how (laughs) fast it's grown and just like something that I wasn't even really planning for just kind of was presented to me in my life and I had to take it. I had to. Yeah. What a great opportunity. Like I want someone to approach me and say, Hey, take this for this price point. Like, okay, yeah, yeah sure. No problem. Like, <laughs> yeah. I will do that. Um, no what type of, exactly. So what type of items are you selling in your consignment store? So if I were to walk in today, like what would that look like? It's pretty mall brandy, I would say. Mm-hmm. I 
at first I wanted it to be like really high, not high end, but you know, like yeah, nice. Like that mid tier. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I realized that the people, my town is a little bit backwards and like trending styles aren't, are going to trend here next year. You know what I mean? Like, gotcha. it's yep. Oh yes. I know. So, mm-hmm. um, I kind of had to adjust what I was picking up and what I was carrying in the store. And I'm still learning every day. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. that's not going to do well. Okay. I'm not going to carry this, not going to carry heels, not going to carry skirts. Like those are things that I'm learning along the way. Um, but like, yeah, I'm open. I always say I'm open to anything. I will look mm-hmm. at anything, but I, one, my one rule is I will not take like Shein. Like I will mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. put that in my store. And I also don't do vintage. Um, I just don't know anything about vintage. Not that mm-hmm. I don't like it. I just, yeah. I don't think I'm the right person for that. Yeah. Sell what you know though. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I would say like a mix between Plato's closet and Buffalo exchange. Okay. I'm like in the middle of that. I have some nice stuff and then some like low tier stuff, but. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. It's all cute. Yeah, but but I think that's the beauty of kind of creating and curating your own spaces. You know what your clients are, and you're going to continuously learn who your clients are. And having mm-hmm. a mix of everything allows for more people to come in and be able to shop and build a wardrobe that they want or buy that outfit that they need for that event, whatever, whatever that is. Do you list the same stuff that's in your store like on your Poshmark or eBay store like how how do you differentiate that do you have like separate things so I was mixing it at first and then I realized it was way too messy so now Mm -hmm. I am separating things um my store takes up a lot of time like having to tag price hang do all that thing it it takes up a lot and since Mm -hmm. I'm only me the inventory that I put up on Poshmark has to get me a certain return in order for me to make it worth it to list it yeah Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like some people think that oh you just list it and forget it but like you have to share your closet you have this and it offers you have to do all these upkeep things Mm -hmm. and so for me it's not worth it unless I'm hitting at least like a $40 profit um, on those items so I'm very particular about what I put on my Poshmark now I do still have some stragglers from like before but um, I'm learning that I need to separate and it's kind of now like I'm running two separate businesses. It's not all joined gotcha. under the same thing. Gotcha. Um, only took me six months to figure that out. <laughs> but <laughs> it's a big learning curve though, because to go yeah, from yeah. straight e-commerce to then yes. having a brick and mortar and e-commerce, like I think people assume that it's like one streamlined thing. Like, well, I'm just going to, you know, photograph the stuff and then I'll have and it in the store in the too. Store. Yep. But it's mm-hmm. more than that. It's yeah. way more than yeah. that. Store inventory has to be accounted for in a different way than e-commerce inventory. Like 
when it's physically in a place, it's just basic like retail knowledge, right? Like you've got to take an inventory of everything. Like things might walk out the door or things might get damaged because people have been trying it on. Stains might happen because people are trying things on. And now you've got to launder those pieces. And is it, can it even, even be in the store anymore? Because maybe someone Mm -hmm. accidentally stretched out the elastic. Like there's other components that happen within a brick and mortar Mm -hmm. that I think it gets really complicated to keep everything in e-commerce and brick and mortar. I, I think you're doing it in my opinion i think you're doing it right to have like two separate inventories mm-hmm. what you're focusing on one and what you focus on with the other because i think that's what i would do like my goal one day is to have a brick and mortar just like you it's like down the line someday i will have that's always been a goal of mine um but it's figuring out that process and i think it's just an ever evolving thing because times change clientele changes new people move in other people mm-hmm. move out like there's so much that goes into it yeah it's, it's fun to hear what people's processes are. I love hearing that. And I think, and we said this before we started recording, um, but Jen and I have come across so many people, whether it's in our Patreon group or they've been in the podcast or just people in the community in general that are so interested in brick and mortar. So it's like, we want to have people come on and talk more about that because there's such an interest in it now. And if you go back two or three years ago, no one wanted a brick and mortar. It's like, this is a dying thing. I don't want this. Mm-hmm. No mm-hmm. different. I, I was on somebody else, or no, what was it? I think it was Clubhouse. Do you guys, were you guys on Clubhouse yeah, yeah, for the yeah. brief minute that it was a thing? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got interviewed on Clubhouse and they were like, so what do you see in your future? And I was like, oh, I'm going to have a warehouse. I'm going to have like all these things. And then like, that was only maybe a year ago. And now I'm like, JK, <laughs> a little different now. Oh, it's, it's funny. It's funny. It's like everybody went from like wanting warehouses to now having wanting consignment stores. You know, I, I yeah. think a lot of it has to do too just with like the ever-changing face of the secondhand market mm-hmm. and how popular it's getting. You know, I think before it was like, this is kind of like mysterious industry that a lot of people didn't really understand or know about. And either they were really all about it or like really turned off by it because the idea of like used stuff was just like weird, gro- gross and yes. weird to them, right? And so, but now it's like all that taboo has been like completely stripped away. I mean, you see more and more of these like high-end luxury brands and mid-tier brands, mall brands, whoever, you know, all doing secondhand stuff of their own things. So it's like a lot of people want skin in the game and that's just how it is. And it's like, I think as us resellers, we're, we're like, you know, I could do a consignment store and I could probably do it better than what used to be there. Cause what Mm -hmm. used to be there is kind of like old consignment, you know, it's not really what's new and what are people looking at where you have this like unique skill set, right? Where you're like, I've been reselling basically to the entire country (laughs) and understanding what's trending, what's not, what I know what, you know, when I list this particular item, it's probably going to go to this state or whatever, (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? You know, all those like weird quirks and stuff and, and you know how to price your things, you know, what's going to be in season, what's worth it for you to pick up and what's not, you know? So it's like, you have a unique uh, like, like I said, experience where you can, I think a lot of us make it like, it is possible for me to open up a, a consignment store and to be a successful one, because I've heard that too, you know, where in every town they're like, Oh, we've had consignment stores yeah. and they don't work or whatever. It's like, well, I've been in some of those consignment stores and I can tell you why they're not working. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I have a question about the consignment store um, that just, while Jen was talking, do you have a Shopify for your consignment store too? Or are you just strictly doing brick and mortar? Uh, I was, 
literally just talking about this. So I do my whole POS system for my shop for my store is Shopify. Okay. I have a website. There's not a lot on it right now, but that's kind of like my next goal with my fiance, like helping is, and he's the one who created my whole Shopify store. Like he is the tech guy that I deal with. <laughs> um, <laughs> he is going to help me kind of get all my consignment stuff on Shopify so that I can run ads and like kind of boost that mm -hmm. we get a lot of like tourists that come through the okay. town so I want to be able to be like oh you don't have to be local to shop for me and like give them my website mm -hmm. and I also learned you can do I think we were going to talk about like whatnot and like yes posh shows right so you can do TikTok live sales oh. if you have a Shopify store so okay. that's something that I need to learn and get mm -hmm. on because I feel like a lot of resellers aren't doing that yet. And maybe I'm like ruining it by talking about it right now, but that's fine. Don't worry about it. You're going to be the first <laughs> one to do it. Okay. You're going to dedicate yourself and you're going to do it. Yes, That's <laughs> kind of my goal right now is to get on there. Cause TikTok is obviously like a huge, huge right. untapped market, I think. And um, yeah, if I can kind of figure that out and then maybe help other resellers get on there too, that would be awesome. I, love that. So I think smart. this is a perfect segue actually to like the yeah. next topic on what we wanted to talk to you about was just live selling, right? So it's the new big thing, right? That's really been going on and catching like wildfire in the community. So it's like, and it seems like now there's, now you mentioned just TikTok, you know what I mean? There's all these different avenues that people are Facebook lives, whatnots, Poshmark, Instagram, everything, yeah. Instagram, yeah. all these new ways. It's like a new way of people selling and it's an interactive way. So yeah, um, can you just kind of walk us through what your experience has been in live selling? Like, what are you hoping that you can achieve? Are you going to do it in your store? You know what I mean? Like how- Such how a are good you? idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was, I was going to talk about that. So I have like, I do about two whatnot shows a week. It's definitely something that I'm still trying to figure out whether it's like algorithm keywords the time of day that you do your mm. your shows um, making sure that I'm not competing with like other resellers like bigger resellers who have like loyal followings building community it's a whole thing mm -hmm. and I know that there's a lot of I had a lot of backlash against whatnot when it first came out I was like I'm never doing that seems too stressful <laughs> it is way too much. And then like two weeks later, I'm like, I love whatnot so much. So We're exactly the same. We were like the podcast that was like, no, it's not. Happening. Absolutely no not. Don't do it. It's a waste of time. And then we're yeah. like, well, maybe it's Sorry. worth your time. With all my packages that I purchased from other whatnot sellers. Like, but I do, I, I do have one ca caveat to whatnot. And I think they don't have the audience yet. They don't have the buyer audience yet. And I yeah. think this is where posh shows will take off more so than whatnot. I'm not saying that whatnot's going to disappear. It's been around for years. It's not going to disappear. They don't have the clothing audience yet. While yeah. Poshmark and when eBay comes out with their live auction, because it's in beta, they have the audience for it. They already have buyers on there that buy clothing all the time or shoes or whatever it is. So I do feel like people that maybe didn't have success on whatnot or struggled with finding where they fit on whatnot are having more success on posh shows. Is yeah, that, I, I know I, you haven't done a posh show yet, but like, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I agree. I think that as not to like toot my horn, but I'm more established on Poshmark obviously than I am on whatnot. So right. I already have a following on Poshmark. I already have 
all my followers on Instagram who are on Poshmark. I don't have to convince them to go onto this new platform. Mm -hmm. So it'll be a little bit easier. With that being said, I don't think you need a following to be successful on any of these live selling platforms Mm -hmm. because you can just build a new one and Mm -hmm. followers don't always translate. Um, But I've heard from a lot of people who were doing like the whatnot shows regularly that they much prefer posh shows Hmm. I think that the buyers on Poshmark are already willing to spend that money they already know that it's that they're gonna dish out some money you know like the the average sale price is gonna be a little bit higher you don't have to have these starts at two dollars or one dollar and like hope that it sells Um, so I'm really looking forward to it I just signed up for my first show I don't know exactly when it is, but it's like first week of October, uh, sorry, first week of November. They'll follow me on Instagram if you want to know when my first pause show is. <laughs> Everything will be linked in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to kind of seeing how it works. I know there are a lot of bugs still that need to be fixed, like discounted shipping and like all those things. But I I maybe this is naive of me, but I trust that Poshmark is going to iron out all the kinks and I'm just kind of along for the ride and I will be there for the time. You know, I want to see what what they can do and how they can support us as sellers and when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because, I, I mean, it, at the end of the day, we're the ones making them money. So how are they going to support yeah. us, help them make more money, make I ourselves money? I don't think that's naive, though, Karina. I think it's realistic because, it, I mean, it's in beta right now, right? So they're going to mm-hmm. they're gonna work out the kinks, however they work them out. And they just got bought out by a company in South Korea that this is what they do. And, like, they yeah. focus on all of this and mm-hmm. live selling and search and all of that. So I, I foresee it going very well. Like, I was... I had, I mean, the bar was set really low, right? On how these posh shows were going to be. It was, it was a low bar, but I was so surprised and so impressed by it that it actually, and I have not done a live show. I, it's just something that I don't want to add into my routine right now. I don't have time to yeah. do that maybe in the future, but um, it's one of those things where it's like, I would actually do a posh show. I would never get on whatnot and do a show, but I would do a posh show. I could, I can see myself because my average selling price would be so much higher And it would just, Mm -hmm. it's just different. And I could reach out to all my previous buyers and send them a mass message. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's so many other aspects to it. And then, I mean, the one that really interests me is, is eBay. That's the live selling one that really interests me just because of the international market. So who knows what will happen to Poshmark in the future? Maybe they do open up the international pool. We don't know what's going to happen over the next five years, you know? Um, But I think it's, I think it's smart of you to kind of check out the past shows and, and see how that goes for you. And I know that from people that have talked to us that they've had great success with the past shows and they actually really mm-hmm. like them. Mm-hmm. Yes. They yeah. have their little quirks and you can't bundle and stuff yet, but I think today they're going to be announcing updates. Um, I think it might've been over the last hour, they announced whatever the new updates are going to be and what they're going to be rolling out. And I'm sure the number one thing is going to be bundling because that's the biggest thing that everyone's been complaining about yeah. is bundling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, and the, because the shipping, listen, if you can bundle on posh, 
like a regular sale, the shipping is way worth it compared to whatnot. Like, Definitely. so oh, for worth sure. it. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah, it'll be exciting. interesting. It's, it's, it's exciting stuff, I think. So, yeah, so that's exciting. Karina, you know, I think um, seeing you on Poshmark and TikTok and all these places and everything, yeah. all these different, you know, avenues and where you can sell. And um, do you think that you'll be putting um, some of your consignment stuff in some of these shows too? Like, if Oh, yeah. This is what I wanted to talk about. So one day it was, it was really slow in my store. Like nobody was coming in. I, mm-hmm. I didn't have it. Actually, it might've been just avoiding other tasks that I had to do, but I was like, <laughs> what if I just popped on whatnot and just started taking requests? So I turned on my live and I had random people coming in, like people I didn't even know. And they were, I was just like, okay, guys, like, tell me what you want. What are you looking for? And I would walk around my store and they'd be like, I'm looking for sweaters in a size large. And I'd go to my sweater section and show them all the sweaters. Mm-hmm. And then they'd be like, run that, run that, run that. I'd give like starting prices. And it actually ended up being like one of my best sales that I had. <laughs> oh my um, God. I was on for like an hour or two. And it was just people giving me requests. So like, okay, I want this. I want this. I want this. And I was like, man, I should do this more often. <laughs> like, yes. You know, That's smart. So yeah, it was so easy. I didn't have to do any prep for it. Like I didn't have to photograph anything beforehand Didn't have to write anything. It was just, I would make that listing right then and there and be like, okay, you want to bundle these three things. Here's my price. You could do it in the buy it now section. Um, so it was, it was great. If you guys have, I used to keep all my inventory, like for Poshmark, just on rack. So I never mm-hmm. bagged anything. Um, so if you have like an inventory system like that too, um, so you don't have to, you know, take things out of your yeah, inventory. Yeah that could be a great way to do it on whatnot. I don't know if you could do that on Poshmark. I think you have to have your listings already created. Yeah. Um, but it's been, it's been a good way to kind of also get the word out that like, yeah, I have a consignment store. When nice. I get my Shopify up and running, then I can like kind of lead people there too and, and have that. So that was fun. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh. I Super love smart. that. Yeah. You've got all the ideas, Karina. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. So I, I know we're approaching an hour, so let's, let, we'll wrap it up here. So what are some tips that you would give to reseller moms that are out there, whether it's new moms or moms that are struggling with that guilt, like you were talking about, what are some tips you can give to them to, to kind of help them along in their journey? I think one of the biggest things that has helped me with everything is just reaching out to other working moms. They don't necessarily have to be resellers, but that is a plus. Um, just being able to rant and vent and complain sometimes it's okay to complain and to be sad or upset like having somebody who just understands what your life is like because it's it's one thing to to vent to your partner or to vent to like your siblings or whatever but to vent to somebody who is like a peer to you who understands mm-hmm. exactly what you're going through it just relieves so much and you felt you feel seen you feel like comforted and validated in your feelings Um, and that's just it's it's such a huge part of keeping like your sanity and being able to keep your cup filled so that you can take care of other people take care of your business and all of that and also going back to what we were kind of chatting about earlier but like these things outside of us are always going to be here. Social media, reselling, um, YouTube, whatever it is, they're going to be there. Find out what really matters to you. Even if you're not a parent, 
find out what your true values are. Is it spending time with your friends? Is it traveling? Is it finishing school? Is it volunteering? Is it hanging out with your kids or your parents or whatever? Like cherish that more. Find out how you can prioritize that. Love on that. And you'd be amazed at how you'd be able to be more successful in your business or other things just start coming easily to you when you value and prioritize the things that matter more than just money, if that makes sense. It absolutely does make absolutely. sense. Absolutely. That yes. was so beautifully said. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more thing, and then we'll let you go. Is there like a non-negotiable that you, no matter what, have to do for yourself, even if it takes you away from your daughter? Um, well, for right now, it's I have to work in my store. I'm the only person. So Wednesday through Saturday, I'm in here working. And it kind of sucks. Sometimes I have to leave her with grandma if like my fiance is busy. Um, but she's always welcome here. She does like distract me from my work sometimes when she's here. But <laughs> um, like no matter what, it, it does suck. I'm trying to work on at least getting like my weekends free so I can have dedicated time with her. Um, but yeah, being here in my store is the one thing that I think is like taking me away from her right now mm-hmm. um and I also teach um yoga so like on oh, nice. specifically on Wednesdays I'm gone like 10 a.m all day mm-hmm. 7 p.m like I'm gone the whole day and that's kind of hard um so I don't get to see her a lot like during the week and then on weekends I don't get that much time either so working on setting boundaries and yes. scheduling and it's definitely it's all a learning process it's okay if we miss mess up it's okay Mm -hmm. if we make mistakes it's okay if we're figuring things out Mm -hmm. um it'll all work out I love that I love that yeah allow yourself to make mistakes it's okay like you said you know we're human Mm -hmm. yes we are human and it's okay and that's how we learn that's how we grow and that's how we find what works for us yeah it really is Karina this conversation has been so great thank you so much for sharing your story yeah good good I'm so glad um All of Karina's information will be in the show notes. Make sure you subscribe to her YouTube channel. She will get to it when she gets to it. Okay. But she has good content on there. Follow her on social media. Her reels are funny and I love them. Um, (laughs) Make sure you just check out all of her info when she has her past shows. Make sure you check all that out too or her whatnot shows. Um, Thank you again for being on here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. All right, everyone. We will be back next week. Um, I think Jen and I are going to do the winter trends next week. I think so. Yeah, I yeah. think it's time. I think it's, I think it's time. I think it's time to talk about winter trends because all the spring shows are happening and I'm already watching them all and I'm already thinking about spring trends, but we got to talk about the winter ones. We haven't done that yet. So stay tuned for that episode next week, guys, and we will chat next time. Bye. Bye.